Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which will explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fourth season, we're looking at Kenneth Branagh's 2011 film, Thor. I'm Matthew Fox from the Star Wars Universe podcast. And I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And today we're talking about Minute 83, which begins with Thor saying he can't fight, but he can help, and ends with Destroyer looming over a knockdown Volstagg. We'll also be talking about a deleted scene that happens during this minute. Joining us on the show today, as every day this week, is Robin Burge from Karate Kid Minute, and Travis Bow from Real Comic Heroes, Marvel Events Timeline, and Watchmen Minute. Um, for both of you, what kind of uh, jumped out at you about this minute? Everything happens so fast, and nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big bada-booms. Yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and some, time, some more time with Darcy, which is, you know, what, I'm, what I always yeah. look forward to. Always fun. Always fun. We'll have more about this minute in just a second. Are you familiar with Patreon? Well, like many podcasters out there, we are big fans of Patreon. We find it to be a great platform for all of our fans to support us by becoming patrons. We have now upgraded our site, though, to their memberful platform that allows us to build our patron support platform right into our very own site. So if you've been thinking about becoming a patron to show your love for the show, but you weren't sure about it as you can't find us on Patreon, just know we are, in fact, using their platform. Visit truestory.fm slash Marvel Movie Minute, and you can find out what we offer to our patrons. It's only $5 a month, or you can get a discount if you join at the annual rate. All right, so let's jump right into what I think is one of a, a really significant moment here. It's small, it's throwaway, but it feels like it's such a big moment in Thor's growth. You know, up till now, he's been the one who wanted battle. He's been the one who wanted to be in the center of things. He never really cared about anybody. And he also believed that he was unbeatable. And he he comes over to his friends. Volstagg thinks he's going to fight. And he says, I'm just a man. I am. I, I can't help. Not only would I not help, I would get you hurt. I would get you killed. Let me try to help people instead. And I feel like if you had a checklist of does Thor understand all the things he's been doing wrong, like this hits all of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The cynical part of me hears Thor say, my friends, I'd only get in your way. You guys should go fight the big scary monster. I'm going <laughs> to help people run away. <laughs> so. <laughs> but no, I, I agree with you. I love the uh, the the growth that Thor shows in this movie. and. It's really well done. And what's nice about the way that this minute plays in this moment here, uh, kind of this sequence with the destroyer coming to Puente Antiguo, is that it's not played as a moment where we have to just, you know, we have to be looking at Thor to kind of see that moment of growth happens, right? To see like his heart grew four times, like the Grinch or something like that. It's like he just like he, he intrinsically understands and he knows and and that's what i really love about it is he just like he instantly just jumps to action and as opposed to before when he would just run in and you know cause all sorts of of havoc like he did on jotunheim he's actively thinking about the people here and and i i think that that's you know a, a great sign of of strength especially coming from this royal blood prince who usually is not paying attention to anyone who's in lower status than he is. Yeah, for sure. I like the idea that he's just like, I, I mean, I just feel like figure that old Thor, 
would just kind of walk down the street and start bellowing at the thing and not really care yeah. about the, the harm that he might cause by provoking it even. I, I think that's so perfect because, you know, go back a bit. He provoked the Odins and quite literally almost got one of his friends killed to the point where and then even once they were back, Odin was the one saying, like, get that man to the to the healers. And Thor didn't even notice. And so, yeah, to me, that one line of him acknowledging, like, I'm going to I could get you killed. That can't happen. And I also just love the way his outfit looks compared to all of theirs. You know, we had fun before about how they all look like they were in the Ren Fair and whatever, um, which, uh, as I said last week, MCU just loves the Ren Fair jokes, it seems. Um, but I also just love it. Just, he looked so different from them. And I, I, I it, to me, it really underscored like he is not one of them right now. I, I almost brought the, the look of the, uh, the Warriors 3 and Sif up uh, yesterday's minute, but... Um, even here, you get a good like shot of kind of them all in a group, and I I don't love the the armoring and the costuming on in, in this movie. Aside from Thor himself, and Loki has some good looks, but I don't love like Sif and her the shield that she carries. It looks like the the shield that you would get at Target that you know <laughs> has has a. Uh, battle action sounds when it gets hit you know it just looks like it's a fake toy prop for the movie um and like Volsag's look i just don't love uh H hogan looks pretty good that's definitely an issue that i i mean you know when they appear on midgard I, you know i we talked about this last time uh it it does feel like there's the way that these uh pieces of costumes were designed it feels like they were designed to be on a soundstage with effects um, replacing all the stuff around them and everything. Because just in the sunlight, they look like plastic. It looks so plastic. You're right. Yeah, I was going to say the natural light does nothing good for these these costumes. We'll, we'll uh, and talk about honestly, on the on the flip side, I mean, Thor doesn't look this chill until Endgame, right? Like he's yeah. <laughs> He's 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 the most chill that we ever see him costume <laughs> until he gains a lot of weight. <laughs> what I love about the way that they're playing Thor in this part of the film is he really is kind of that Donald Blake persona, yeah. right? I mean, he is just like he's the Midgardian. He's the guy who has right. no powers, but he's proving himself the hero. And and that's where I I mean, we talked about how there was at one point a possibility that Donald Blake would be a separate actor and and they would be going back and forth. Really glad they didn't do that. And they don't bring up Donald Blake other than kind of that joke moment earlier. But here, it just, it I don't know. I think it lends itself to this persona for uh, for this particular superhero in a moment like this. Definitely. I just need to say I'm so glad you brought up the shield because we'll talk about this more. Uh, it's going to happen in one of the minutes later this week. But there's a moment where, in a very dramatic way, the shield falls to the ground and clatters. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at it. I'm like, that shield does not make that sound when it hits the ground. <laughs> yeah. but I so love true. the effect, but no. Um, all right. So anyway, so they start dividing up and, and trying to help. Uh, the town is very busy again. Uh, we really have the population of plot. Um, it changes dramatically. <laughs> and all of our, our Earth heroes, they decide they're the ones to try to organize this. And I granted they know more about what's going on because of Thor, but like, 
it it struck me that they're the only ones doing anything. Everyone else is just like eating their dinner. And is there no police? Is there no local authorities? Is there no like emerge? You know, like evacuate the town over the you know speaker system. Like it's it, it's wild west here. Where's where's some other kind of authority? Towns like this, I think you'd have uh, county cops. Probably not a, a, a city police. You know. Um. But what I I what I said um, kind of in a teaser at the start of the of everything happens so fast and nothing happens like when we last saw the destroyer, he was outside of town. I don't know, five miles away, let's say here. He's here. Like it takes no time for him to get here. And somehow in the time that he did travel from there to here, they've not really managed to I mean, I guess they do it. A decent job of evacuating the town, but it still seems like somehow the destroyer is on them in, in no time. And yeah, it, it, that that this whole little section just feels rushed in that way. Um, I'm not sure how they could have edited it, you know, to make it seem like they have more time to get to, to clear the town before. The destroyer arrives. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously there has to be a passage of time, but I would have loved to see something like, I mean, we can see the explosions where it, it's beating up shield in the distance. It would have been cool to see like the destroyer, like this looming giant shape, like walking toward them. Like mm-hmm. that would like, I mean, you could have seen it almost the entire way, but as it stands, like it's only about 30 seconds of screen time from when we see that, that, shot of the city where we see the explosions in the distance to when we see the shot of the destroyer's foot hitting the 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 town streets yeah. and it's like that's i mean is it is loki teleporting it like i i yeah. it, it's happening in such a strange way it's one of those walking escalators it's much yeah. like the bridge there's <laughs> yeah, also one sure. that kind of rolls up to the town yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean that's part of why yesterday i brought the question of just how far away is this because yeah. it seems like the shot of the cloud in the distance and the destroyer being in town now just does not add up. But it's more menacing know. if the the idea of this the destroyer slowly advancing on the town and they know that they can't stop him, you know, from getting to them. And so they still have all this time to to dread. Like it would have been kind of fun to see like uh are like the Asgardians preparing for the fight, right? And, and everyone avoiding the town while they're just constantly looking over their shoulder to see this thing. Just like, because one thing I think is great about the Destroyer is we talked yesterday about how it's, it doesn't have a personality or anything. Mm. It's just this machine, and that's it's disappointing in some ways, but also I think it makes it more terrifying. Like that, this isn't. It's not angry. It's not mad. It can't be like distracted. It's just a machine bent on utter and total destruction, and that's terrifying in its own way well i mean i think some of that time delay was uh was there at one point right (laughs) there was a bit of delay before the destroyer came to town with your deleted scene (laughs) with the deleted scene and also i mean the way that it's scripted if you look at the script i mean we're cutting from this back to asgard back to this back to asgard so i think initially the way that it was scripted there probably was a a gap of time back on asgard from the time they're like putting everybody in their vehicles before we get to the shot of the destroyer's foot so that also would have contributed but yeah we should talk about the deleted scene real quick we start with darcy uh just taking this puppy to uh you know freedom and security and i think the implication is like she just picked this puppy up off the street right i think so she says she named him 10 seconds ago or something like that yeah, she named mm-hmm. him Baker 10 seconds ago. The dog in the script 
we actually see him in the street barking at something, and then we see the destroyer in the street. That was actually like the introduction to uh, the destroyer. And so I, I, I wonder if they ever shot that or they just weren't able to. And so they just did this whole thing because this isn't even scripted, this moment where she's like trying to figure out what to do with this dog and hands it off to some passing um, uh, driver. Yeah, I started getting kind of angry at her. I thought maybe this was a little dog I hadn't noticed that she had by her side during the movie. Yeah. So when she hands it off to just <laughs> not a very, you know, a pretty shifty looking guy that yeah. kind of pulls up. He's like, yeah, I'll take that dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm sort of thinking like there might be someone a hundred feet behind her being like, wait, that's yeah. my dog. Let me take him to safety. <laughs> Robin, I'm glad you thought this guy looked shifty too. Cause there was just something. It doesn't look like they cast this driver. This driver looks like it's a, he's a, uh, he, he was holding the boom mic, you know, behind the cameras <laughs> 20 seconds ago. And, they, and then Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh said like, get in the car and just pull up to Darcy. You know, just, it, yeah. this guy doesn't yeah, look like an right. actor. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I'm glad they cut this seek this little deleted scene. Yeah. yeah me too. Yeah, I don't think it adds much. It does give us the thing that I it, we do get one moment of Volsteig actually being heroic and not fat comic relief. So I'm <laughs> mad that they cut that. But yeah, the rest of it, like, it, it doesn't. I think there's a theme in action movies a lot of in order to set the stakes, you have to show us that not only people are in danger, but like cute kids or animals are in danger. And I. <laughs> I just am so bored of that. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> I'm going to care if just like normal Joe on the street is in danger. Like, that's okay. Yeah, I was wondering if one of the reasons why they cut this. Uh, I mean, we you see that the the scene that Selvig mar- marching through the diner telling people like you can eat later <laughs> yeah. uh, is still in there. That's a part of this deleted scene. But they cut out this Volstag scene. And I'm like, it, he's he is kicking these dudes out of a gun shop who obviously are mounting up and ready to go take down this robot themselves. And he's like, for your own good. And I was like, I wonder if they were like worried about angering, like, you know, like the right oh. or like gun enthusiasts, like yeah. who, who do they think they are trying to quell the militia, yeah. take away our guns or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh God, I hope not. I, like, I feel, I, 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 I've talked about this a lot that like this movie was only made 10 years ago, but also this movie was made 10 years ago, you know, and I feel like that issue has always been a thing, but it's become ramped up so much higher now that I, I hope that wasn't the thinking, but eh. I mean, I'll say just watching the deleted scene, I totally missed that it was a gun shop. So I don't think it was a, yeah, it's, like, yeah he's holding a rifle, yeah. like he's taking yeah. it away mm. from them. Right. Got it. And it's funny because like he's got one over his shoulder. He's got the other one. Like it's almost like by the scruff of his neck. He's like, yeah, it's <laughs> like the way that he's grabbed him. And I can't help but feel like that with his axe in his hand. Like that's not a safe way to like drag a person <laughs> yeah. along with an axe over his head. Like, hmm. Yeah. yeah well, maybe, it's plastic. Maybe it's not going to Yeah. Anybody. Right. It's just yeah. plastic axe. Also true. Also true. <laughs> um, also, the where where's the shield agents? Like, yeah, they all just kind of got their butt kicked, but. One thing we'll often see in, in – and granted, this is in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which comes later. But like when S.H.I.E.L.D. goes to a town, they they keep someone in the town to like deal with stuff. So it's very interesting to me that like there's no S.H.I.E.L.D. agent helping with evacuation at all. It's yeah. just our friends. Earlier, they had two guys up on some – on the rooftop when they spotted um, – Oh, yeah. The ones who made yeah. the rent. The warriors. They're, they're unconscious now, though. They're – Theoretically unconscious on the top of the building still, right? Were they knocked unconscious? <laughs> well, doesn't Volstag, he like clocks them together. I don't remember that. Yeah, he goes up there to find them and like conk. 
I thought that so, was in the deleted scene. I'm thinking it is because I don't recall ever seeing that. Oh yeah, it's, you're right. It's that's the deleted scene, right? Yeah. He goes he goes up to the top of the roof because he can smell their burgers. Oh. <laughs> And uh, and clocks them and, and like takes them and, and smacks their heads together. And so theoretically, they are unconscious on the top of the building uh, right right across from uh, Isabella's diner. You know what would really have cracked me up if uh, there was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that ran out and Darcy like looks at him like, are you going to do anything? I mean, you work for the government. He's like, I just know linguistics. Yeah. I, I'm not trained for this. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of awesome. That'd be kind of awesome. Uh, that'd have been great. Uh, all right, so, uh, so, and they're all trying to help. Everyone's trying to evacuate. Uh, and I think you said you tried to identify some of these actors, but there was just no possibility to see who's doing what. This is a difficult um, location. Like they obviously cast, they did a big extras casting in New Mexico, got a bunch of people to come out here and to be a part of this, uh, was, you know, on these big days when they had stuff going on. But a lot of them are just either uncredited with no photo information on, on IMDb or anywhere else on in, any of those sites I can find. And uh, or or they just uh, aren't even credited or listed as uncredited. They're just they never, you know, got their names anywhere. So like all the people in the diner, all the like the kids that Thor and, and Jane are carrying to put in the back of the pickup truck and all the people in the back of the pick. I just can't tell. There are so many people. It's moving fast and it's it's frustrating. I, I wish that there were were uh, was more information that I could uh, get for all this. So so after we get them scrambling around, the destroyer shows up and we get this great shot of its boot just landing. And like here, I believe the sound, you know, we get a great mm-hmm. sort of echoing sound. Sound and the vibration. Yeah, it's it, it works really well. I just also want to point out, pay attention behind it. You see a uh, I don't know what the blue car is, but kind of like an SUV. And then there's a white uh, sedan right behind it next to liquor locker. You can see the liquor locker roof there. Just pay attention to that. We'll talk about it again in just a moment. And then we get this great, like, to me, this is high noon. You know, this is a a Western kind of shot of we're coming in over the shoulder of the Warriors 3 and Sif and seeing, like, the destroyer at the end of the street. And it just it just really has that, like, you know, showdown at uh, the OK Corral. Not the OK Corral, but, you know, like that that Western looking down a street at each other thing that I just loved. Which is perfect for the town. The fact that they filmed this in an old West town and are essentially having this high noon sort of moment. I mean, that right there like that is something that i'm sure kenneth brana thought about when he's like let's let's build it up like it is this high noon sort of moment where you know the our hero and our enemy are coming at each other from opposite ends of the street i think that's a, a great touch and so then we get just kind of some uh you know it, it's moving up the street it's destroying things well and sif has a point Oh, go ahead. All right. So since we're, <laughs> I, I, since we're moving I, I, I that fast. <laughs> if we want to go over every explosion, you no, go no, ahead. No. You take the lead. <laughs> we don't. But I, I want to say, okay, so we see this mom and this child running across the street. When we cut to the wide shot of them, now <laughs> this is where, like, there's some funky planning as far as the way they stage things. Because when the foot comes down, it was right in front of those two yeah. cars that are right in front of the liquor locker right there. And the foot was going down, down the street. So, but now we see that the explosion is coming from screen right and it's blowing up the liquor locker and, but it's coming from a totally different direction. So this is just one of those film production moments where they said, you know, this, this shot with that red roof, that foot, no one's going to notice. Let's get it. It's a great shot. But then when you actually are watching it minute by minute, you see, oh, it's, it's, that's the exact spot that it was and yeah. it's not there. And now it's blowing it Logistically, up. Logistically, yeah. Different place. The destroyer wouldn't be 
attacking from that direction. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Hmm. One thing I noticed here, I, I I had to laugh because you can't get a shot of the liquor store being exploded without a reaction of a guy like going like, oh, no. <laughs> I was really, you know, would have made things better if we got one guy kind of like looking at his bottle like, I guess I'm done drinking, you know, and kind of wanders off. This is where we needed uh, Pete or Jake from one of our townies, uh, you know, back mm-hmm. here with, you know coming out of the liquor store before it gets blown up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's an here's another little thing. If you're inside of the liquor barn and you look out the windows, there are cars destroyed everywhere. Yeah. Um I'm sure wherever they filmed the you know, they set up this fake store front, it was probably a parking lot and they just had wrecked cars around it or something, but yeah, the the town wouldn't be, you know, uh, wouldn't have this much damage yet. But right, right, exactly. Uh, and just, just a, a fact: a lot of the stuff that is happening here, they're doing because they built this whole town themselves. They are actually destroying a lot of things, oh, okay. a lot of enhancements throughout. Though, I mean, like the the cars flipping and stuff like that. Like they did all that, but like all the explosions, there are some real, but a lot of them are just enhanced big explosions. And you got to ding them because you get. The, the, we get to the shot with the background, uh, the backs of the Warriors 4 here uh, walking, and that car is blowing up, and you totally see wires <laughs> turning it over. They're right there in the shot. Are those the telephone wires? or I, I guess that's what we're phone. expected. Uh, we're supposed to believe, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they are. <laughs> yeah, I, I, thought, I thought they were the fallen telephone wires, but, oh. but you could be right. They could be both. I'm probably right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then we, as they're walking up, Sif now has a plan and she kind of does this great like shot of walking behind them and asking them to, to keep it distracted. And Fandral says, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Um, what do you get the sense? Like, does she do this a lot? Is it, cause I get the sense like Hogan's the rogue. She's often the like stand there, you know, and fight straight ahead. Uh, she's obviously going to pull off a great move, but I'm kind of wondering, do you think this is what they're used to or is, is this kind of something her, new for her? Yeah, there's a couple of things that happen in this minute that I really feel like, all right, we're going to do that number. Okay, you, okay, go ahead and you do the thing from the roof and and then we'll throw the big guy and, you know. <laughs> I think, I think right, right. she's probably the best uh, strategist among, uh, you know, with the five of them, uh, Thor included. So they probably fought together many times and she probably see, she probably sees an angle that the others don't. Right. You know, Volstag and Thor are going to go, you know, head first into everything. Hogan may be a little more stealthy and uh you know and Fandral is is there for the the excitement and the adventure and, and the the head-on kind of uh Right. Thing, but yeah, I think she's more crafty than than the rest of them. That tracks, and, and I do like that here. We don't see the like incredible overconfidence of Thor, but they're not shaking in their boots. They they seem to have a feeling of like, yep, this is going to be a challenge, but we faced challenges like this before. We got this. Yeah, right. Which, which is going to contrast wonderfully with what comes in just a few seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder how well known the Destroyer is. It is a thing that came from Asgard. Wouldn't they be pr- more prepared for how it? fights or is this like something they've never seen before well that's a good question i mean they've been down to the vault we well i i shouldn't say that in the deleted or in in the script they actually go down to the vault with thor loki and odin after the the jotuns uh attack 
or try to steal the casket and it comes out and destroys them. And then um, it gets, uh, or they, Odin sends the Warriors three and Sif away so that he can talk to Loki and Thor. Um, but I, that's a good question. I, I feel like people probably know about the Destroyer, but now that you say it, like I, I'm in my head, I had made an assumption that they probably did, but I don't know. Now I wonder, maybe it isn't something that is regularly known because it's just kept in this locked chamber in the vault just in time, uh, times for when it needs to protect, you know, a treasure or whatever the king happens to want to use it for. I think it's known widely throughout Asgard by reputation. I doubt many people have seen it employed. I don't I don't think it, it's been needed that often. You know, Odin will call it out for certain certain moments, but I don't get the sense that Thor's ever fought against it. I, I've, like I said, I've been reading, you know, all the old Thor stuff, and he's only encountered the Destroyer twice. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not something that comes comes around that often. It, it's kind of reserved for, for big occasions. Um, so, yeah, I think the, these guys would know of it but wouldn't know they wouldn't know to be afraid of it one thing i think we'll also further back that up and uh, 30 seconds skip ahead spoiler for the next minute you know uh in the next minute or maybe it's two minutes from now they beat with a scene where they think they found the off switch and turned out nope it's got a whole new set of powers they didn't even realize so yeah i think the implication is like they know something about it but they haven't like read the blueprints Mm -hmm. you know they don't know like three easy steps to take down the destroyer right Yeah, yeah um so then the destroyer blows up a gas station and is there any reason this happens except to a give a 711 product placement <laughs> and b we get a pretty cool shot of the destroyer like walking right through fire and explosion which kind of shows like it's pretty Im- impervious to those things um is that just the only reason this shot's in there or is there some like I-, I couldn't see any sign that thor or any of them were anywhere close to this gas station well loki said destroy everything uh, yeah. I forget if mm-hmm. that's exactly what he said, but he's, you know, yeah. the destroyer is just, yeah, he's just living up to his name. It's name. That was my sense. I mean, he blows up all the shield cars, you know, he's just, he's just hitting everything. I, mm-hmm. and, but again, it makes me think like on its trek from, you know, its landing spot to here, was it just blasting the hills and cars going by and cows <laughs> out in the field? Like, was it just blasting absolutely everything on its way? Uh, and I, I would assume the answer is yes, because it seems to have no sense of what's what. It's just hitting absolutely everything just because. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I got, lost down a rabbit hole of 7-Eleven product placement. And uh, just because I had the image, I was like, I've seen a 7-Eleven blow up before. And uh, there's plenty of big gulps in movies. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, what I was thinking of was, uh, yeah, two years later, Man of Steel, there's a 7-Eleven oh. a, a gets blown up in there too. Huh. Uh, I think during the, the whole Smallville fight. That's funny. I, I have to wonder – where the idea started in in marketing circles of the a good way to get more customers is to have your products be shown getting just utterly destroyed. <laughs> um, clearly, people pay for it. Uh, and <clears throat> I remember having a weird reaction the first time I saw this because I grew up in New York City where 7-Eleven just doesn't exist. And certainly most of the places I've lived, I, I, I remember looking at my friend and go, wait, 7-Eleven doesn't have gas stations, do they? Uh, and being told, no, some parts of the country they do. They, so, yeah, they used to near me, and then all of a sudden they didn't. So it was a it was a transitional thing. But yeah, 
Uh, we then have a moment, uh, Robin, you referred to this, the tossing of the big man. Clearly, Fandral and Volstag did not watch Lord of the Rings, <laughs> where it was very clearly established, never toss a dwarf. Um, <clears throat> Volstag doesn't want that. I, he's not technically a dwarf, and I, I, I want to be careful about that language, but I just think it's, it, to me, it was so clearly kind of like in that same yeah. idea. <laughs> And it's kind of fun. Like, this is a battle tactic they've used before. He does this. Volstagg shouts for Asgard. And then Destroyer just wipes, swipes him right out of the air. I think of all four of them, Volstagg would be the least likely person I'd want to throw. I would say maybe <laughs> Hogan should be the one being thrown. Uh, but, hey, that, that's their, their deal. He doesn't, have, he doesn't have the mass behind him to cause yeah. any damage <laughs> upon impact. Volstagg's the one who most resembles a cannonball. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But I, I, I do like the moment, though, because to me, this is the moment where they're like, oh, oh, wait, this is a much harder fought than we, much harder fight than we thought it was going to be. The, uh, the thing about that, I, I thought about that, too. I wish that they had employed this tactic in the battle against the Frost Giants. If they had thrown mm. Volstagg and he clocked a Frost Giant in the jaw and knocked him down, and then they yeah. they think, okay, that worked against the Frost Giants. Let's do that against the Destroyer. It's about the same size. And then he just gets backhanded. I, I think this would have so much more impact if we knew that that tactic had had worked. You know, if we'd seen it yeah. done well once, uh, it's kind of like the uh, the moment in Wonder Woman where Steve Trevor sees the shield tactic work, you know, on the beach. And then later on in the in the town, like he, he you know, they, they use that same like shield uh, technique to, to lift up Wonder Woman so she can take out the, the gun tower. Um, mm -hmm. Like kind of the same idea. I wish there had been a callback or that this was a callback to something earlier. Yeah, for sure. And, and it doesn't make any sense from the destroyer's point of view either. This is the first time we're seeing the destroyer use its hands. Why didn't he blast Volstag out of the air. Why isn't Volstag vaporized? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have a point. question about that for tomorrow, but we'll we'll get to that tomorrow. Yeah. Uh we do then uh as you uh Andy, you want to comment a bit about some of the other businesses we see in town? The way we're seeing, you know, Puente and Tiguo from a lot of different angles over the course of this fight and just kind of kind of combing through to see what we can see. I mean, we get another great shot as they throw him right in front of the uh, Christmas Everyday store, uh, which is kind of uh, fun to see. <laughs> but um, we see that the we can actually see that the full name of the Oklahoma or OK, I keep calling it Oklahoma yeah. because of OK and because of the Thor yeah. comic line, OK Furniture and Floor Covering Specialists. Uh, and we also can see that the video store that is across from the from Pet Palace, it's actually called Three Star Video. Initially, I, I could only see the star, and I thought maybe it's Stan's video, but it's actually Three Star Video, which is yeah. – I don't know why it's three stars, but that's uh, what it is. Exactly. Like in this small town, you're not going to get highest quality. You're going to get okay furniture, and you're going to get movies <laughs> three stars. about three stars. Yeah. Three yeah. stars, yeah. Wait, like, there's no blockbuster. You can't even get family video here. You <laughs> yeah. know, like that's real bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then as far as the placement of stuff goes, I mean, I mean, the way that it's a little confusing because the way the destroyer seems to be uh, have, have come into town from the way that it blew up the liquor locker, it seems to have been coming up a side street 
not directly up Main Street. So it's a little like, why did it come up that way instead of just walking straight up from the explosion to here? I don't know, but it seems to kind of come from around that corner. And now it's at that intersection where you can see Donut Land across the way. And uh, after Volstag gets smashed into the car, you'll see that, uh, you know, Donut Land is right across the street from him. So, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. Some of the the placement of things is a little funky, but it's uh, you know I think largely it works. It's just kind of fun to see this town. I really, I really do enjoy the town, um, the look of it. I don't enjoy the way that it feels fake, but I do enjoy the look. And then we pretty much close on this great shot of you know Volstag is knocked down, and the <clears throat> the destroyer is just kind of towering over him. Like, and here's where I sense like it is a robot, it is a machine, but it's got just a little touch of drama in it, you know, because like it could have just vaporized Volstag already, but instead it's kind of like coming in here, mm-hmm. leaning over him, giving Sif as much time as he, he possibly can. It's a cool shot, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of Definitely. perspective. From, I mean, this is kind of, you know, we have a lot of fantastic uh, God's eye view shots. This is very much more like the worm's eye view shot where we're down. On the ground, we can see Volstagg's head in the corner, but really we're looking up at the sun yeah. and the destroyer, like, mm-hmm. right overhead. It's just, it is a fantastic shot there. And, and again, like, if we had, you know, cutaways to Loki sitting on the throne of Asgard, you know, piloting this thing, like, kind of check back with him, Loki is the type that would, would want the drama. He would stalk up to Volstagg and bla- before he blasts him in the face, like he would do that. So, right. unfortunately, they they didn't really, you know, convey that. I don't think very well to establish that. Yeah, that Loki is controlling this. At least if they if they follow the destroyer from the comics, you know. Um. But yeah, you're right. Like the destroyer, as a mindless machine, wouldn't uh, wait to kill its enemy, but Loki would. Yeah, it's it's interesting because there are times where it seems like it. I I don't know if it's recharging its fire or it just sometimes takes longer than others to decide to shoot. But it it seems like sometimes it has no problem just blast, 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 blast. Yeah. Uh, so it it's it is confusing in that aspect. Like, why would this machine kind of stop and and stand so um, dramatically over him here? For sure. All right. Well, we're going to have a lot more to talk about with the Destroyer and the big fighty fight scene in the next uh, couple of days. So good place to close out. Let me just ask you the both. Travis, Robin, um, normally this is when I'm starting to dig into the be- uh, down to the bottom of the barrel to find new things for y'all to talk about. But Travis, I know you have at least one more project that we haven't talked about. Robin, I'm guessing you do too. So tell us more about uh, the many things you all do uh, that people can find online. We kind of talked about it a little bit on Monday, but yeah, I did Watchmen Minute, and that's a, a completed project. You can find everywhere. Just search Watchmen Minute. Uh, we did all 186 episodes of the director's cut, and then we came Oof. back and did uh, the uh, recaps of the HBO Watchmen series. Nice, nice. But as far as I know, that that project is completed, so you can... Enjoy that at your at your leisure. Awesome. What about Robin? Uh, yeah, I guess there's a couple of things I can mention in relation to Thor. Uh, back when uh, we were covering, I I, I was uh, on a show called The Defenders Podcast, which I think is still out there. We talked about Netflix uh, Marvel series, and we did a def- definitely a special episode getting ready for Daredevil, uh, uh, talking about uh, the return of the Incredible Hulk, which uh, featured Thor. 
Uh, nice. <laughs> and, and uh, well, you know, so it's, you know, it's basically your first, I mean, I don't understand why this, uh, this podcast hasn't covered that yet, but, um, <laughs> it is technically the first appearance. Uh, and also recently on Karate Kid Minute, we did a uh, bonus episode covering a, an Elizabeth Shoe vehicle called Adventures of Babysitting, which also has Thor in it, uh, yeah. played by Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes. The Babysitting Blues. <laughs> there oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that movie. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you both uh, so much. Look forward to having you close out the week with us. Andy, as always, thank you for all the things you do to make this happen. To all of our fans, you're what makes this possible. Let us know what you think. We love the feedback. We love getting to interact with you. Make us not so much uh, us talking to you. Make it a conversation. You can find all the ways to contact us on thenextreel.com. Thank you so much for all you're doing, and have a great day. Until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is One Last Ride by Martin Puringer. Find the show at truestory.fm. And if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show. Mm-hmm.